several years ago, I heard a, <coughs> a story about a, a little boy in Valentine's Day, and it's a message of love. See, Sam was a shy, quiet, kind of awkward kid. He never quite fit in with the rest of the kids at school. One day in early February, he came to the kitchen after school, and he told his mom, he said, I am going to make a Valentine's Day card for everyone in my class. And his mom thought to herself, I wish he wouldn't do that. He's just going to get hurt. You see, every day, this mom watched her son come home from school. She watched him come home from school, and every day she would see the other kids laughing and talking and, and having a good time all together. But Sam, well, Sam always walked alone a few steps behind the other kids. He was never included. And, and even with that in her mind, she went along with her son's plan and helped him personally make 30 Valentine's Day cards, one for each kid in his class. And on Valentine's Day, Sam was beside himself with excitement. He carefully stacked up all those cards together. He put them into a paper bag, and, and he ran off to school. And as he left, Sam's mom thought she knew that this was going to be a really, a really tough day for Sam. She knew her son would get very few, if any, Valentine's Day cards. And so she decided to make him some cookies that day to help soften the blow when he came home. It was a long afternoon as she imagined her son being left out again. Later that afternoon, her, her, her heart began to race as she, as she heard the bus coming down the street. She looked out the window to see a very familiar scene. All the kids were hanging together. They were laughing. They were joking. And there was her Sam again, walking a few steps behind the rest of them. All alone. That day, Sam seemed to be walking a little faster than normal. His mom figured that Sam was trying to hold back his tears. She assumed he was in a hurry to make it home without crying. Sam came into the house empty-handed. His mom gave him a, a big hug, and, and holding back her own tears, she said, Mommy's got some, some warm cookies and milk for you. And Sam never heard her words. All he could say was, not a one. Not a single one. His mom's heart sank. His, her worst nightmare was about to become a reality. And then Sam continued. He said, I didn't forget one. Not one. I gave every person in my class a Valentine's Day card. And he had the biggest smile on his face that his mom had ever seen. You know, we often love people who love us back. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing, in fact. But we're also called to love those who can give us nothing in return. We love the least in our world. That's what Stacy did in that video that we just watched. 
It's what you and I are called to do every single day. Even though Sam himself in the story could be considered one of the least in the world, he still loved. This morning, it's the last Sunday of our Summer Loving Message series. We've been talking about God's love for us and our love for God and our love for other people. And today's message is going to be a lot shorter. It's going to be kind of a devotion. And yet the the passage that we're talking about today is extremely powerful. If we would live out Jesus' words in Matthew 25, I promise you we could change the world. Now let me say this, though, before we get started. This passage can be summed up in one short sentence. Don't be a goat. Don't be a goat. Especially, don't be an old goat. In the first verses of this passage, Jesus was speaking of his second coming. And and when Jesus returns, he's not going to be coming back as a, a gentle good shepherd. Jesus is going to be coming back as the king on a white stallion. He's coming back to judge the world. And that's the theme of the passage in Matthew 25. When Jesus was speaking there in that passage when he talked about sheep and when he talked about goats, his words could be mistakenly used as an argument for works righteousness. After all, if you think about it, he separated the sheep from the goats. The goats didn't do anything. The goats were headed to hell. The sheep did great acts of love. Jesus said that the sheep, they were headed to heaven. Heaven was their inheritance. And if you listen to just that, it sounds like Good works get us to heaven. But that isn't what Jesus was saying. A a common error that we have when we approach the Bible is to take one verse out of context and make it into our truth. The fact is, that's how biblical heresies start. That's how people and how churches get on the wrong track. You have to look at the entire message of the Bible. And the Bible is very clear. Good works don't save us. That's the first part of this devotion, and it's the most critical thing you can hear. We are saved by grace through faith alone. Ephesians 2.9 proclaims it this way, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It isn't about works. It's about confessing faith in Jesus. You know, that the good works that Jesus speaks of are the result of our commitment to Christ. In other words, because Jesus has saved us, we seek to do good works. We seek to love others in response to what we've been given. And those works, those good deeds, are a sign of who we are. Children of God. The second point we find in Jesus' words is that sheep love the least. Now, I'm not saying sheep, and that's you and I if we're a Christian. I'm not saying that we love the least, that we love less than other people. What I'm saying, and what what Jesus was saying here is that sheep love the least, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, those in prison. The least include the hurting, the neglected, the lonely. 
the lost people in our world. And Jesus' followers love the least, not just with words, but with action. We feed. We give a drink. We are welcoming. We provide clothing. We provide for material needs. We visit and we show compassion. Jesus said in this passage that when we love the least in our world, it's as if we are loving him. And that is one of the most amazing things that we can ever hear. We show our love for Christ. We're loving Christ when we reach out to others in love. About two weeks ago, this church lost a good lover of the lost. Bill Kay went home to be with the Lord. And it's been tough on everyone who knew him, his family, everybody that loved Bill, especially his wife, Judy. And I bring Bill up this morning because I think he's an example of what it means to love the least. Bill cared for a grandson who was having a tough time. He visited a friend in prison. He helped another man in financial trouble. Bill shared the good news of Jesus with the guys that he had breakfast with. Bill loved and cared for his family. He just did it. Bill did it to show the love of Jesus. I know there's a lot of Bills in this congregation. A lot of them that are here today, a lot of them that have gone on before, but he serves as a reminder to all of us. There are a lot of the least that are around us every day. And, and sometimes we're good, and sometimes we have those days where we care for them, but you know what? we got those other days where we're just too busy. We're too wrapped up in our own little world and our own little fun and our own little problems, and we're too selfish to do anything for anyone else except us. When we do that, we're not loving Jesus. You know, we, we love the, the least in all different kinds of ways. You just heard last week about our King's Kids Camp staff. They loved a whole bunch of kids. They took a week of their life, some of them took vacation, and they dedicated, on one hand, to having a bunch of fun with kids, but more importantly, our camp staff shared the truth of Jesus Christ with those kids, and they lived it out in front of them. They made a difference. A couple weeks earlier, it was vacation Bible school. And the same thing happened. There was a lot of fun. A lot of you were involved. You prayed for it. You were here. The gospel was shared with some of God's kids. The Ansprechs just shared their ministry of love. Can't wait to hear more about it. Our teens went to serve the least at work camp. Two Saturdays ago, we gave away food, free food. People are now bringing in school supplies. Others serve here at church. In our video, that Stacy showed the love of Christ to Dennis. See, the fact of the matter is, is that opportunities to serve the least are all around us. All we got to do is open our eyes. We got to open our eyes, but then we got to be willing to put the love of Jesus Christ that we've experienced, we got to be all willing to put that into action for somebody else. You know, some don't put the love of Jesus into action because they've rejected Jesus. They're Lack of compassion is simply evidence of their lack of faith. Jesus said they didn't feed the hungry. They didn't provide a drink. 
they ignored the physical needs of the people around them, and they didn't visit the, those in prison or the lonely or the lost. And it wasn't the fact that they didn't do these works. It, it was actually the lack of faith behind not doing these works that determined their future. And the result is Jesus said they're headed to hell. And it's eternal. Hell is eternal. He made that clear when he said that the goats are headed to eternal punishment. He also said, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell is separation from God. Hell is nonstop misery. Think about it this way. Think of the worst experience that you've ever had in your life, your worst day ever, and then multiply it by a million or a billion and have that day or that moment last forever. That is hell. And people ask, I hear it sometimes, how can a good God send people to hell? And the answer to that is God doesn't send them there. They chose to go there. They rejected God. They rejected Jesus. It was their choice. See, a good God isn't going to force people to believe in him. A good God won't make people spend eternity with him. Why would he do that if he was a good God, if they don't want anything to do with him? The third and last point of today's devotion is goats lack love. Don't be a goat. Goats don't love Jesus even though Jesus gave his life for them as well. Goats can do good things. But without Christ, they're meaningless in the sense of eternity. You know, being a good atheist, yeah, that's a nice thing, I guess. But you're still not going to heaven. And unless you're an atheist that tells people about Jesus being the Lord and Savior and the only way to heaven, the good things that you do for others, oh, they're nice. But they don't have any eternal benefit. And in that sense, they're meaningless. But the good news that you guys know, that you hear in church, is that no one has to go to hell. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner, that you can't save yourself, and that you need Jesus. You put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You become one of Jesus' sheep, and heaven is your eternal home. It's not that difficult. Last week, I got to spend one glorious day at King's Kids Camp. It was hot. I sweat a lot to begin with. I sweat a lot, but you know what? It was awesome. There are so many stories from camp. You heard a little bit about camp from Carolyn, and I, I've got a story to share with you that I heard. It's about one of the girls at our camp, and we'll call her Kay. It's about our camp director, Carolyn and one of our staff members and counselor, Amber. Now I can tell you I've known this little girl Kay for a while now. She's a great kid. She's one of those kids that's always smiling. She is one of those little kids that just is a ray of sunshine. They're just a joy to be around. Well, one night early in the week during camp, during candle time, that's the, the cabin prayer time, Kay asked about becoming a Christian. There was no pressure on her to do it. The Holy Spirit was obviously working in Kay's heart. 
And God's timing had Carolyn join Amber for that night's candle time. And Amber and Carolyn shared with Kay what it meant to be a Christian and how you could become a Christian. And Kay decided to put her trust in Jesus. And I've been to camp, not as many times as Carolyn. I've been there a few times. And I've got to tell you, it's moments like that that make all the heat and the sweat and the lack of sleep and the drama that can happen and everything else that can cloud camp. One moment like that makes it all worthwhile. Kay coming to Christ was possible because Amber and Carolyn and the entire camp staff chose to serve children. God put a call on their heart to serve the least, and they answered the call. And in serving those kids, they serve Jesus. Now the fact is, is that we can't all go to camp. We can't all go to vacation Bible school. We can't all go to teen work camp. We can't all go out on short-term mission trips or be long-term missionaries. But I tell you what we can do, and we ought to be doing, is to find someone in the world, find someone that the world considers the least, and I promise you, if you pray that, if you ask God to bring people across your path that need love and that need the love of Christ, he's going to do it. And so then we love them. And they may frustrate us, but we don't give up on them. We're in it for the long haul. We share with them the truth of Jesus Christ. We invite them to church. And, and the thing that we've got to remember is it's, we don't control the results. But we have a role to play and it doesn't matter if you're 9 or 99 if you're still breathing God can use you and when we do that when we serve the least we have the blessing of knowing that our love for um, others demonstrates our love for Christ and so Who are you going to love this week? Who are you going to love with the love of Christ this week? Don't waste your week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, when we look at Matthew 25 and we think of the least, we kind of forget that we're among the least. Without you, we're lost. Without you, we have no future. Without you, we have no hope. We have no meaning, no purpose in life. And so this morning, I pray for us. I pray that you would light a fire in our souls. I know that the kids coming back from camp and the staff workers, they're on fire. I've, I've heard it. I've heard the stories. I've seen it on the faces. And God, that is an amazing thing. But that's the fire and the passion for you that we should live every single day. And so, Father, I just ask that you would forgive us. Forgive us for the times when we're just too selfish, when we're too focused on my needs, my wants, and the things that I want to do, and we forget about that you gave us everything. We don't own anything. We don't have this life. None of it belongs to us. It all belongs to you. 
And so, Father, I just pray that you would create in us a new, clean heart, that we would rededicate ourselves to looking for the lost, to serving and to love others in your name. And that when we experience frustration and rejection, we'd remember that they rejected your son. But he still went to the cross for us. And so let us be your children. Let us be your sheep. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able, please stand as our worship team comes forward to...